it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This is WWE superstar Drew McIntyre, and you're listening to the WWE Podcast. The one that everybody wants, me. This is my idol. You're going to acknowledge me. And welcome to the WWE Podcast. We are going to review everything this week in WWE. It is Sunday, October 30th, 2022. And nearly happy Halloween to everybody. Stay safe. And uh, if you're going out with your kids, have fun. If you are one of the kids, well, uh, or maybe one of the older kids still looking for candy, well, have fun as well. And, uh, you know, I'm not getting into Halloween other than to say, I'm 37 years old, and I still have fears of razors in my candy. It's something that I'm not sure if my parents inadvertently instilled in my brain, but I, even with my kids getting candy, I'm like wondering, hey, uh, did, did some psychopath stick a razor blade in this Reese's peanut butter cup, you know? And, you know, inevit- inevitably, I feel like every year you see somebody on the news who got uh, or was a victim of somebody putting something awful in a candy bar, but uh, hopefully it doesn't happen this year and it's just made up in my mind. And 
I don't know. Maybe it's an irrational fear, but welcome to the WWE podcast nonetheless. And we're going to get to all of the things, as I said, and I just got one question for you guys. Are you feeling oozy enough to listen to this show? Because if you're not, then, you know, maybe you should come back when you do. Uh, that seemed to be, I'm, I'm trying to be funny, which is coming across awful, but the Sami Zayn line was the line of the week here. The moment of Sami Zayn breaking Roman Reigns' character, breaking down Jey Uso, who couldn't keep it together and had to put his head down to laugh and then come back up. It's one of those moments that's just, it's organically uh, heartwarming in a way that these guys are being real, but they're trying to be in character, but you know they're trying to hold it together, yet it's still working. It's It was very, just a great moment. And having Roman Reigns break down when Sammy said that Jay isn't being oozy enough is <laughs> just, it's a, it's just magical stuff. And it's, um, it's really growing more fun by the week. And I will sit here and still admit that I don't enjoy Roman Reigns as champion, or at least I feel like it's being, it's, it's just at the point where it's just simply robbing other talent of potential opportunities at WrestleMania and other pay-per-views. But put the title aside, I am really enjoying when Roman is there because Sami Zayn has breathed a, just a new life into this group. And yeah, sure, Solo Sokoa so, sure has too, but he, he's more the serious side. He just kind of adds to what's already been there, the, the, the type of personality that's already there. You add Sami Zayn, who's not actually there by blood. Jay points that out this week. And he's just there to try to hang out with the cool kids and be a part of something that he has no business being a part of is fun. And here's my question also to you guys, a more serious question this week. Is Roman Reigns slowly turning babyface before our eyes? And more importantly, is that the intent of creative and Triple H? to turn Roman babyface before we even know. I, I, I thought of a great analogy of how they're doing it, if this is intentional, okay? That's the key element here is it has to be intentional on the part of WWE for this analogy to work, but here we go. Very simple, really. The boiling a frog analogy. Some of you have heard this. The way you boil a frog is that you slowly turn up the heat slowly, slowly, slowly before he realizes that he's being cooked alive. And by the time he does, it's too late and he's dead. You don't just turn on the heat real quick and all of a sudden, you know, he, he's going to, he won't notice. No, of course, right? You, you turn the heat up real quick, the frog's going to jump out of the out of the water. You keep him in that boiling pot and just slowly, slowly, slowly turn it on and you crank up that heat. It gets a little warmer, a little warmer, a little warmer, a little warmer. And then again, before you know it, or before the frog realizes it, you know, he's boiled alive. Again, not as morbid. I, I, really, I'm not trying to make it a morbid analogy, but that's the best way that I can think of what they're doing if it's intentional is that they have made it so Roman's not here very much, right? He's not. We know that. Well-documented. Frustrated by many. At the same time, it's also appreciated because it doesn't feel like Roman is overexposed. And since he's not overexposed when he's here, by the very nature of not being here more, or being here less rather, you feel like a bigger star, a bigger deal. And the crowd reacts appropriately, right? 
you know, when you hear the bloodline, right? When you hear the bloodlines music, Romans music, how many boos do you really hear? I mean, it's it. You got a little. You got to. I mean, they're there, but you got to listen. I feel like for this group, I shouldn't have to listen, and I would love to know what the long-term story is for this group. And it very well may be that the intent is to keep Roman heel and double down soon. And that all comes down to who are Roman's opponents the next couple of months, especially leading into WrestleMania season and at WrestleMania. Because if it's The Rock at WrestleMania, there's just no way you can cheer Roman there. I I wouldn't imagine. Right? Right? (laughs) You're thinking no. But Roman has been here for a long time. He's been champion for a long time, over two years now. The crowd is organically getting behind him now. At least when he's on the mic and when he's there, he doesn't get booed. And I just, I don't know. I mean, there, there, there's some, there's an argument to be made that even if The Rock comes back, that people wouldn't boo The Rock because they know he's not going to win the belt. And he's there for one night and leaving. So they know that the people are well aware ahead of time that they're going to be abandoned by The Rock very short in, in short order. And then they know that Roman's going to be here. So why are we cheering for a guy that we know is going to be going filming a movie on a movie set the next the very next night? You know, there's an argument to be made there. It's, it sounds crazy. But if it's not The Rock and they've got somebody else in, in store uh, for WrestleMania, you know, that, that may be a different conversation. But uh, definitely something to think about, you know, as we get closer and closer here. I mean, November is just a day or two away or now less than a day uh, for me. And so certainly. I think it's a, it's an interesting co- topic of conversation, and I really am interested to see if The Rock does come back, of course. So uh, that, that was the big moment of the week, and the, the Bloodline segment, and, and you know what, not to be overshadowed by the me- a moment when Jey Uso, well, why don't you know what, why, why don't you take a listen to this, I and mean, you, you can visualize this in your head, just, uh, just great, great acting here, here we go. Tribal chief said he wants peace. Man, I don't give a damn what the tribal chief said. I mean, just uh, that look, right? I don't even need to tell you. You saw it. It's 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 a, the most viral moment of the week for WWE, and rightfully so. Um, you know, beyond the fact that uh, Sammy was able to break uh, Roman Reigns' character, it was the look. I mean, it was it, that's a meme. If it's not a meme, it should be with Roman Reigns looking up. Right? He sat there, or he rather, he stood there as Sammy and Jay were hashing things out and said, "I want you guys to fix this now. Get it all out." And he. St- just has his head down, kind of just solitarily looking at his feet, letting them do their thing. And then Jay says that, and he looks up with just anger, shock, and fire in his eyes. It was just, it may have been the best thing Roman Reigns has done in his career, as far as like acting ability goes. I mean, it was just perfect. Um, and so credit to Roman. It was just a momentary quick thing, but boy, and you heard the crowd, everything was just perfect. It was a great set. I mean, an A plus segment, excellent segment for Roman for the bloodline. Uh, you know, 
Paul Heyman said his thing at the end saying, you know, we're going to a word from our sponsor in three, two, one. And then we actually went to commercial break. It was all just good stuff. Great stuff made. It made everything start off SmackDown brilliantly. And it just made you want to see what's going to happen next. Now, the hilarious part as we move towards crown jewel that we have a, a championship match with him and Roman. You'd never know it based on that segment. And the crowd, when Logan Paul was actually uh, mentioned on air, got booed. I mean, bad. It's hilarious. When is the last time for any event at all, for a, a top championship match, that we got this little promotion and this few this few times that two both the competitors are actually in the arena? I can't remember. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. That goes to show you how, I guess, I was going to say out of touch or out of tune, but I guess how disinterested the fans are in this match from the perspective of Roman Reigns actually losing the belt to Logan Paul. Now, they're going with the, the I guess, I think, the most, um, the most logical narrative that they can push of, well, Logan Paul can't beat him in wrestling. It's a second match. Roman even said that on SmackDown. But it's just that one lucky punch, one lucky punch. It has to be lucky. It's it's a perfect narrative. I, I commend WWE. It's the best they could do. I can't think of anything better than that if you're going to try to sell me on this. And for most of us, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, that if you want to enjoy this matchup and not just sigh and roll your eyes, I think the best way to look at it is, can they make me believe for a second? <clears throat> you know, can they make me believe for that solitary second that, oh my God, he just knocked out Roman. And, and let me just tell you this, Logan will hit that lucky punch, but there'll be no referee. I will tell you that right now. I bet you a million dollars on that. Uh, and it's, it's just that momentary, you know, momentary part of the match that you're like, oh my God, wait a minute, wait a minute. Could this actually happen? That's what you're looking for. If not anything else, you're looking for maybe just how good is the match going to be from a quality perspective. And I expect the match to be very good. I know Logan Paul's only had two matches in WWE on television, but how many matches has he had, or rather training sessions, has he had prior to that? Probably quite a few. And he's working with Shawn Michaels, which we're all supposed to ooh and ah about for whatever reason. Um, I mean, he is a hell of a teacher. Nobody better in the ring, I think, than Shawn Michaels. But th that was clearly a rub from Sean that we're all supposed to suddenly have respect and admiration for Logan because he's training with one of the greatest of all time. And the answer is no to that. Uh, but the fact is that 
Logan Paul is putting in the work. And I, I will give the credit to him that and give the devil his due. He has put his put in the work. Clearly, he has. Look at his last two matches. They don't belong to be that good. They, they shouldn't be that good. Based on how many times he's been in the ring live, right? Live is a different animal than you know working a hundred hours a day backstage in front of nobody, in front of trainers. That's important, but there's nothing like being live. So it's just something that I, um, you know, I think that those of us that are not looking forward to this match should take away is can they make me believe and how good is the match actually going to be? Because I think it will be a good match. So, all right. Well, let's move on to something else that happened on SmackDown. Let's talk about Uncle Howdy. Um, I, I, I don't know who Uncle Howdy is, but at least we have a new character. It is clearly not Bray Wyatt. You would, you would imagine now at the same time, when you hear uncle Howdy's voice, he's got kind of the same outside of a, the voice manipulation tool they used. He kind of sounds like Bray Wyatt though. He's got the same cadence, the way he says the same, the, the words, the way that if you took the voice uh, distortion tool off of that voice, it sounds like it could be Bray Wyatt. Um, and and I, I hope it's not. If this thing all turns out to be that he's just schizo, and that it's really Bray Wyatt, and it's just another version of Bray Wyatt, I'll be a bit disappointed because we've seen that. How many times have we seen? I mean, that's what The Fiend was. And Bray Wyatt just being his genuine genuine self is a lot of fun because you're hearing a lot of things that you otherwise feel like you wouldn't, which is kind of interesting that he's like, he's a character playing himself, but is this who his, he really is? It's It's a very trippy thing to think about. And it, it, yeah, it, this is the best I can explain it. He's a wrestling character playing someone that doesn't have a character. D- think about that. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of trippy. It's like three levels deep. And so that's very wide for you. But uncle howdy, I, I don't know what to make of him. And he keeps saying, embrace who you are. And that basically he's the, the devil on the shoulder of Bray to combat the angel that we don't know who I'm, I'm just making an analogy. I don't know if there'll be an angel, at least symbolically that uncle howdy uh, to, to counter uncle howdy, who is apparently the devil on the shoulder of Bray uh, telling him to be who he is and stop fighting it basically. So I, I have no problem with this. I'm not crapping on the segment at all. I thought it was good. I mean, anytime Bray Wyatt comes out and I like his music, boy, do I like his music. I like it better than the last one that he had, the, the last iteration. His entrance is better. It feels like he's just grown up. It may, maybe maybe that's the best way to put this version of Bray Wyatt that we've seen thus far. I know there's 1,800 layers to go in this story that Bray has probably concocted in his head. But from what we've seen so far, it's like a mature, grown-up Bray Wyatt. Like he left a boy and came back a man. It's weird. I don't know how else to explain it. Yes, he's got a fuller beard and his visuals certainly help, but it's his feel, his presentation, him on the microphone. He just feels like he's he came back a man. Some ways, in some ways, of course, two totally different characters, but when Drew McIntyre left a boy and came back a man, it, it kind of feels a little bit like that. Where Drew just, I mean, he left, he was a you know just an immature uh, 20-some-year-old to coming back an, an, a mature adult man. Uh, now, not that the Fiend or the Bray Wyatt Firefly Funhouse was anything to sneeze at. It was people enjoyed that. It was the the highlight of Raw every week, but it still had its major flaws. And maybe Vince was part of that. Who knows? But it just I don't know. My point is, it feels like Bray Wyatt's grown up. So uh, 
Let me know what you guys think about Uncle Howdy. Who is he? Is it another another alter ego of Bray? Let's hope not. Is it Bo Dallas? A lot of speculation there. Is it somebody else? Is it Eric Rowan? Eric Rowan is rumored to re, be rejoining Bray Wyatt in this fantasy, un, yet to be announced group of the Wyatt Six, if that's the name of it. I don't know. There's a lot to unpack here. And who is Bray's first opponent? He's been back three weeks now. Still don't have an opponent. I don't hate it. It's unique. It's fun because they're just simply doing character development. They're not getting him muddied up with somebody else that you have to focus on somebody else with. And what's that person going to do? Is he going to beat Bray? It's 100% solidified on Bray, which is a smart move. They're doing a bunch of character development to get you in the mindset of who and what Bray is. And then they'll move to eventually a feud. You have to, right? There's, I mean, it's going to happen. So just uh, let, let me know what you guys think for the mailbag this week, because I'm interested to hear who you think Uncle Howdy could be. I don't know. All right. I'm looking at my notes here. Um, the Oh, St. Louis. I'm a bit disappointed in you guys. You, I mean, they were loud for SmackDown for, you know, the big guys, Bray, the bloodline segments. Outside of that, they were pretty quiet. I'm not going to lie. St. Louis was, it felt at times, whisper quiet. All right. Um, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I interpreted the crowd a little bit differently than you did, but it felt very quiet and eh, whatever. I, I don't, I'm not trying to crap on the crowd too much because uh, sometimes it's, you know, sometimes you get that kind of crowd. Hell, my crowd here up in upstate New York has been that way many times. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just, just the way it is. Sometimes people are low energy, different kind of crowd, different demographics, whatever the case may be. But let me know what your t- interpretation was too. I'm interested. Uh, but my point about the mailbag, if you if you want to contribute to the mailbag and let me know who you think Uncle Howdy could be, realwwepodcast at gmail.com or mailbag at wwepodcast.com. That's also a good one to give me your thoughts. I will read them on the air and answer them on Wednesday. I've been pretty good about Wednesday lately. So, okay, well, let's uh, take a little gander here. Uh, what's, what's next here? Oh, the word on uh, the, the the word wrestling seems to have been banned or unbanned. It's uh, It was mentioned a few times, like pro wrestling and wrestling. I think the announce team said that word a couple of times, and I'm like, wow, the, the uh, suspension and banning of that word has been lifted. It's fun. It's nice. It adds credibility. Vince wanted to get so far away, away from wrestling, I couldn't even tell you what he was trying to present to me anymore. But... Now wrestling has made its way back in. The word wrestling is way made its way back into the uh, the dictionary of the announcers, so that's good. Another kind of fun note, Mansoir, Mansoor, what are they going to do with him at Crown Jewel? I mean, he was the hometown hero like it was the second coming of Christ. Although in Saudi Arabia, that's probably not a good analogy. Um, <laughs> but may, maybe a, a wrestling analogy. It's like Stone Cold came out of retirement to face The Rock one last time at WrestleMania. I mean, every time he was in there, right? Because he's the hometown boy. He's from Saudi Arabia, and he could not lose a match ever. I mean, they could put him in you know, a 10-on-1 handicap match, and he'd come out victorious. But I wonder, now that he's got this new gimmick, he's not just this wrestler that they kind of keep sidelined and sitting at home until the, the Saudi Arabia event comes around. 
They've got him now as Mansois. What do they do? Do they bring him out as Mansour? Probably not. Do they keep him as Mansois? I don't know. I don't think the uh, the crowd there would love that. Or uh, you know, option C, which I think is the most likely scenario, they just leave him off the show completely. I, I would imagine they do that. I just don't know how they put him out there and not have him get totally booed when they want. Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's the point. But my assumption would be that they just keep him completely off the show. I mean, they have taken Mansoor and made him into a half-hearted comedy segment of a tag team. So it'd be, I don't know, something to keep an eye on as they always bring out Mansoor whenever they go to Saudi Arabia. Okay. Let's see. So I think that's all the, the kind of awkward random notes I had in my, I wrote them down on my phone here, but let's get to the rest of SmackDown. And if you haven't heard this past week of SmackDown's review, John and Michael did a great job breaking it down. And it's great to hear them back. By the way, they took a week or two off, more, maybe more from each other. And it's great to hear them back uh, and feeding off each other. It's always good to have a co-host, as I sit here talking to myself, kind of a hypocrite. But they did a great job breaking the showdown. And uh, you should also check out the uh, show that Michael Ritter does that's not wrestling-related called, called Football Function. It'd really help him out, I promise you. So, all right. Uh, let's see what else is going on here with uh, SmackDown. We got, let's see, Ronda Rousey, who has now, she has turned heel. I mean, now there's there's just no question that Ronda Rousey is a heel. She went full heel last week. Now she's doubled down on the full heel turn. Um, and she didn't come out smiling like, you know, uh, it was her third birthday or something. She actually came out didn't didn't um smack the fans hands or anything like that just came out and, and had her open challenge and emma who returned after a five-year hiatus i didn't know it was that long came back and she had a match with ronda and had a nice showing and i think that was that, that was the point nobody that that came out of that curtain you knew had no chance they there was just no chance of them beating ronda in that scenario doesn't make sense it was all about just Ronda's dominance, and in this case, it was Ronda's dominance, but also putting Emma back on the map, having a credible, believable, and really just kind of statement victory. I said the buzzword. I feel like alarm should go off or something. And it was because those that don't know Emma that are new fans now kind of know who she is. At least they've heard the name and they know she can put on a good match and they know she can hang with Rousey. And Rousey had to resort to raking of the eyes to get the victory with the arm bar after Piper's pit. So good stuff there. And, and the first time I believe that Rhonda in her entire career has done anything underhanded when the referee wasn't looking to get a victory. That's commendable. If you're a heel, that's what you want. The crowd booed Emma lost. And then Rhonda backstage was with Shayna Baszler. And I thought they were going to get into it and they didn't yet. They didn't, yet but Natalia stepped up to her and said that she would have beaten Rowdy Ronda Rousey if she had answered the challenge there's so many things wrong with that by the way Ronda Rousey and uh, Natalia has already happened and Ronda beat her soundly 
So Ronda's or, or Natalia's already had her uh, spot in the sun there. And if that was the case, if you wanted to so badly, why, why wouldn't why wouldn't you just stand? And why weren't you standing at Gorilla or right behind the curtain? I mean, if you wanted it so badly, why didn't you attack Emma on the way to the ring and just take her place? You could have. I mean, so there's just so many things. The, the open challenge thing is also silly to me. Like it's always like, how does that exactly work? You know, it, it, how does that exactly work? Because if you want it so bad, why wouldn't there be a line? There should be a line because if you're not here to win a championship, why are you here? And okay, say there's a bunch of women that want it. Is it, does it go by who said me first? Me, right? One, two, three, me, right? Or does it like Adam Pierce just take a clipboard and throw it into a sea of the women and go, whoever signs this first gets the championship matchup, right? How exactly? I mean, I'm think, overthinking this, and I, I don't mean to be, but it's like, how, how do these work? They, they've happened, and this is for the men and women's open challenges. John Cena did it with the U.S. title. That actually was a really good thing for that U.S. belt. And, uh, you know, we see it occasionally from time to time with uh, champions doing open challenges. It's just funny to me the way that, how exactly does this work, right? Anyway, it's not a complaint, just one of those, I'm thinking too far into it, and I know I am things. But so Natalia gets choked out by Baszler backstage and Ronda and Shayna or rather. Yeah. Yeah. Ronda and Shayna walk off together. So both of them heal makes sense that they're not going to really turn on each other anytime soon, which is a shame because I do want to see Ronda and Shayna go at it at some point, but you can't keep, um, you can't keep Ronda or make her a baby face in the inevitable Becky Lynch return that we'll see Becky versus Ronda one on one at WrestleMania. Now I know Ronda is on SmackDown, Becky's on Raw, but there's you know, trades happen all the time, or rather, just people show up wherever they want because there's no World Brand Split. Okay, let's see what else we got. Uh, Hit Row and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Legado del Fantasma. Boy, I'm, I, I should not go to Spain. Everyone will know. Everyone will know immediately that I'm a, not a local. Okay, so. This ended in Hit Row beating Legato Del Fa- L- uh, I'll just say LDF, as uh, Zelina Vega did the other week. And it was cool to see Nakamura back. It felt like it felt like a big deal. When Hit Row came out and they had a partner, I, I did not expect Shinsuke, but that was a great fit. I th- the crowd also loved it, too. I mean, the crowd popped big, and Hit Row did pick up the victory against LDF <laughs> and it was fun. I mean, I have no problem here. None at all. And, and, and having um, Shinsuke actually on the TV screen was a fun thing because I feel like he's been, again, inevitably lost in the sauce. All right. Mad Cat Moss versus Karrion Cross, And this was, this was okay. I, you know, I actually expected more from this match given that Mad Cat Moss is done a very nice job inside the ring since he became Mad Cat Moss and lost the suspenders and the joke kind of stuff with Baron Corbin several months back. He's really been very nice in the ring and solid on the mic. And this just kind of felt like a blase match to me. Yeah. Now carrying cross back and seeing Scarlet is always a nice pairing. It's nice. And that really wasn't about Mad Cat Moss here. Mad Cat Moss here was here to fill a role. That's why Mad Cat Moss was here. He wasn't here to threaten a victory or threaten a loss to carry and rather he was here to be a sacrificial goat to further the storyline of Drew and Carrion. Simple, plain and simple. And that's not a complaint. 
That's just a fact. I mean, how many times do we see guys or gals who you haven't seen in a while just get used for uh, the benefit of another storyline, right? It's fine. It's pro wrestling. So in this case, Cross did feat Moss pretty soundly. I mean, Moss put up a fight, but carrying Cross just uh, did a, did a nice job here and really got some heel heat, big time heat. He would not let go of the cross jacket and he just kept screaming about Drew McIntyre and it made me want to see Drew just come out and beat the holy, you know what out of him. And that's what I want to feel. That's really do. And, and you know, yes, they have a steel cage match that's coming up in uh, just about a less than a week now, six days. And that's, fine it makes sense that they go in a steel cage but the problem is after being desensitized as to what exactly a steel cage match encompasses over the last 15 years of my life i.e people can ridiculously walk through the door to win escape to win uh and that it does absolutely zero i mean like precisely zero to keep anybody out of the matchup to interfere i mean none of it is really there to do exactly what it's supposed to do but that said, I'm still looking forward to this match because I do have a vested interest. I, I feel I feel an emotional tie to this. I want to see Drew beat the hell out of uh, Karrion Cross. That's what I, I want to see, and, and that makes me excited. Really, it does. I don't know how you guys feel about this program, but to me, yeah, maybe a little bit dry, kind of the forgotten uh, program here, but I think it's a very nice program for both men. Both men, not just Drew, or rather not just Karrion, but also Drew. Um, as I said, Bray Wyatt uh, did address his demons to close the show. And, you know, I don't really have much more to say about that. I'm, I'm trying to find some quotes that I uh, want to make sure I, I bring to you guys. Let's see. Oh, he said when the fans started to cheer for him that when you guys do that, it makes me feel like I'm invulnerable. And he said, there's no mask I'm hiding behind. There's no smoke and mirrors. It's just me and you. That's why I get to. That's what. I want you to get used to. It's just Bray Wyatt, me, the real man. I'm going to do some spe- spectacular things while I'm here. My emotions don't work like most other people's. I don't always have control. Sometimes they can send me to a very dark place. Other times I don't feel anything at all. There's a part of me that really likes that I'm willing to do some truly awful things. Um, so, oh, oh, by the way. This is a quote from Uncle Howdy. He said, you're a liar. You say you don't wear a mask, but we both know that isn't true. You'll never be able to hide from me. That's what he said. I guess he's referring to a symbolic mask, right? The the mask of not being really himself that he's telling us he is, but it's really not. So not a physical one, but a metaphorical one. That's, I think, what Uncle Howdy is obviously referring to. So. Uh, let's see what else happened. I know I missed a couple of things here. Brawling Brutes versus Solo Sokoa and Sami Zayn. Butch and uh, Holland did beat Sokoa and Zayn here. And uh, that's what uh, led off SmackDown. But the real segment that, that was the key that led off SmackDown was the Sami Zayn uh, Usi segment. So th- this match was really there to make sure that uh, there was some heat between Jay and Sami. That's really what the purpose of this was. So let's see here. Oh, and that's right. Sami Zayn is going to become Sammy Uso if uh, Jay gets kicked out of the group. So, all right. Let's and then people cheered Sammy Uso. So that that could be a thing. That's got a ring to it. Uh, New Day versus MMM Maximum Male Models. 
I, I continue to blame the fans for cheering for this garbage that is the New Day, but they continue to cheer, so WWE keeps shelling them out there. <sighs> but New Day end up uh, beating the Maximum Male Models in a match that is as forgettable as uh, what you had for breakfast yesterday because it means nothing. I mean, there really isn't anything to gain by beating these guys. There just isn't. I'm sure for most in attendance, especially the, the, the men in the, in the audience, their focus was not on the Maximum Male Models, but rather their assistant, their manager, Maxine. So leave it there and do that what you will. So... Uh, all right. Well, I think I covered SmackDown pretty thoroughly here. I want to make sure I cover a little bit about Raw because Raw in its own right was, I thought it was a good show. It felt like, here's the line of, of SmackDown, or rather Raw. So SmackDown had its line of, uh, I don't give a damn about the tribal, what the tribal chief has to say from Jay and or the whole, um, the, the whole of, you know, maybe he's not being oozy enough deal. But Raw had its own line that was extremely memorable this past Monday of saying, well, you know what? No, 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 no. I'm in the mood to add a little audio to the uh, to the show here today. So let's listen to the quote of the week from Monday Night Raw. No, the more I think about it, I'm, I'm this generation's Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> oh, my God. I mean, I'll just leave it there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so he said he's this generation's Eddie Guerrero. It's perfect. I mean, it's absolutely perfect. It, 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 you talk about a, a segment that that absolutely made the crowd explode with anger. I mean, that to me, whew, that, that to me, that hit home for so many people. For so many people that hit home. And as I've said in the past, you know, it's amazing that Eddie Guerrero, this far into his, his passing, has not been forgotten or, or, you know, it just, it feels like at this point, it doesn't matter how much time goes by fans are going to still chant for Eddie. That's how strong of a connection he had with the fans. So it, it struck a chord with fans. It felt like that's a reaction that would happen by fans. If Eddie Guerrero passed away, like last week, it feels like it was that fresh of a, a, a and visceral of a response from the crowd that that would have warranted that response. But no, it's been 17 years since Eddie Guerrero passed away. And we're still just, it's unbelievable in a good way. And so anyway, by circling back to this week, that was the quote of the week from Raw, the quote of the week from SmackDown, or, uh, uh, you know, let you listen to with Roman. And uh, just uh, overall, I thought it was a, a solid week. Now let, let's talk about Raw a little bit beyond the Dominic Mysterio a brilliant quote. We got Carl Anderson versus Finn Balor. Finn Balor gets the victory. The Miz versus R-Truth. R-Truth gets the victory, and R-Truth had a hell of a night. R-Truth had a hell of a night as the uh, Miz storyline actually took a little bit more of a center stage position on Raw where he has a secret, and Johnny Gargano is saying that he's going to reveal that secret if the Miz doesn't, and he's going to reveal it this week. So we'll see. Uh, Austin Theory versus Ali. Austin Theory gets the victory. We got Omos squashing four people. So that doesn't mean anything, but it was all to just continue to show you how big of a monster he is. Chad Gable versus Elias, where Elias beat Chad Gable, because who isn't these days, sadly? Baron Corbin takes on Johnny Gargano, where Baron Corbin gets the victory, and JBL continues to run his mouth and continues to uh, uh, be on commentary during Corbin's matches. 
for you know just boring Baron. Somebody, somebody's gonna hashtag that. I'm sorry, Baron Corbin himself right now is boring, and and you know what? That's that's not a testament to his career overall. That's not that's not a referendum on his career because I think he's had an underrated career so far, and he's good on the mic and he's good in the ring and he's got the look and all that. But he just feels as it stands today, even with JBL, Corbin is boring. Like JBL is a heat-seeking missile, but he needs to transfer some of that heat to to Corbin. Like I feel nothing for Corbin. His music is awful, and not in a way that makes you boo. It just makes you kind of turn off. Like this, I don't know what this is. I don't know who Corbin is anymore. He's just Baron Corbin, I guess, just himself. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this, but uh, I don't know. Um, I keep saying I don't know, but I really don't because JBL is a good associate right now. It's two weeks in. He's a good. He's great on the microphone. We know what JBL's skills lie, but um, I just right now feel very bored by Corbin himself. So that needs to change because JBL isn't the one in the ring competing anymore. So, um, okay, let's see. Bailey versus Bianca headlined the show with Bailey getting the victory. And that was interesting to me. I mean, that, that really just showed you that they're not done with this mat, this program. And they're not, that was the whole point of the, just the, the, uh, the message they're sending is that Bianca Belair and Bailey is not done. They're not, they're having a match at crown jewel and in a last woman standing match that was announced on SmackDown. So, this was a nice, and it also continues the streak of Triple H ending Raw with fans angry. That that barely and rarely happened under the the guidance of and the management of, of Vince McMahon. So, all right. So I think that it pretty much covers the big things that happened. I might have missed a little nugget here and there, um, but uh, that uh, that that pretty much does it. Seth Rollins. Oh, Bobby Lashley and Brock Lesnar weren't there. We got a, a, just a, a video package that did nothing to further the story, even though the name of the video package was the story. It did nothing uh, for me anyway. But uh, yeah, I thought overall a solid week of wrestling. And, you know, as we get closer now, this is the final two shows before the event in Saudi Arabia. So we, we don't have too much more to go before the uh, the event. And we can then mercilessly or mer- mercifully is the word switch our calendars and switch our focus to survivor series, which is really where all of us want to be. Right. I think because for most of us, even if you don't have any political problems with Saudi Arabia or or moral problems, and there's a slew of them, uh, you know, it's still to to most fans. It's kind of like a odd pay-per-view. That's, it feels like a pay-per-view that they used to do in the UK. It was during the attitude slash ruthless aggression era. And it was a pay-per-view called insurrection. It was a, it was a pay-per-view that, None of the fans in the U.S. saw it was specifically for the U.K. It had no consequence. Even the Raws that took place from like the U.K. feel like they were just kind of raw that was just half-assed and it didn't really mean anything. So if you want to look at it this way, you can. These pay-per-views, of course, have a little bit more consequence to them, but you kind of know what you're going to get with Crown Jewel. I mean, how many times have we seen matches that have no business being on the card happen, i.e. the Brothers of Destruction versus Degeneration X? Or Sean or um, Goldberg versus Undertaker. How many times have we seen that? That was just not a good thing, right? Uh, Triple H versus John Cena for the final time. Things like that. That uh, that's not to say this pay per view won't have any consequences or storylines that are, come off of this. It just 
I, I think I think WWE acknowledges that a lot of fans quietly in protests don't watch this show. So, all right. Well, I think that does it for me tonight, guys. In about 40 minutes, we covered the entire week of WWE, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow with Anthony DeMarco to call, do the current state of WWE with him and see what his thoughts are on the um, situation with the bloodline. I'm sure we'll talk about that and uh, catch up. And I invite you to join us. And then Tuesday is the Monday Night Raw Review, Wednesday's Mailbag. Uh, but this week's mailbag, since it's a pay-per-view week, is Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan. So that means any of your emails that come to me, I forward to the uh, Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan team. They answer them, and I'll do the voicemails. So don't forget about that this week, guys. Mr. and Mrs. Casual Wrestling Fan are going to be your email responders to the mailbag. I'm also going to be doing a live show this week. It is a pay-per-view week. Yes, we still call them pay-per-views here, which means we're going to go live. I don't know what day yet, and then we're going to take your calls. Maybe I'll do it for the preview and prediction show. That sounds like a plan. For the preview and prediction show for the oh, not Extreme Rules, for the uh, premium live event of uh, the Crown Jewel event, we will be doing a live show. I'll tweet it out. I'll send it over on Patreon uh, for the details of the exact when it'll happen, what time, and that kind of thing. And uh, so check it out. If you want to keep up to date with our show and go ad free, patreon.com slash WWE podcast is the way to go or Apple podcast. There's a ad free button right there for 99 cents a month, $10 a year for our entire show ad free. So thank you everybody for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care. I'll talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to the WWE podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a show or head to wwepodcast.com and for all of these shows ad free head over to patreon.com slash wwe podcast until then we'll see you next time